Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, South Kakalaka! Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your world-famous two-time champs and feel the power! It's a new day, yes it is! For 12-pack radio, get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, the home of the Bader College Football Statistical Model. I'm not going to lie. This week sucks, but you should listen anyway. You should listen anyway, because last week was super exciting. We're going to break down every game, massive matchups between the Pac-12 and the SEC, the Big Ten. Uh, and, and look, this conference is good. And I took it on the chin, Rob. I, I owe ye of little faith on my end in terms of this conference. It was really exciting to see um, multiple teams from the bottom to the top of the Pac-12, with a couple exceptions, looking at you, Oregon, looking at you, Oregon, stepping forward and really uh, inserting their dominance on, on the week that we saw. So we're going to break down all of that. We're going to break down all the games here that are, are Power 5 teams. We're not going to break down the FCS stuff. I'm sorry. Well, we'll talk about your team and how they performed the previous week. But, Rob... Looking back at this week, what did you think? Oh man, I mean, this is a great week for the conference. I mean, uh, nearly nearly everyone won, <coughs> um, and then the teams that the teams that didn't win, I mean, at least had good showings. Uh, you know, against quality you know opponents. I mean, um, Arizona, it's it's bonkers to say Arizona Arizona should have won that game. I mean, like yeah. they, they, they took Mississippi state on the road into over into overtime minus four on turnovers, which is just stupid. Um, yeah. you know, and, and look like Arizona state hung around with Oklahoma state for a little bit, but I mean, like, I, I you know, I think they're, we, we kind of figured, I, I figured they were kind of at the level that they were. Um, I don't, I mean, I think Auburn's probably going to get smoked in sec play um but cal at least you know like hung around with them i watched that most of that game yeah uh it, it was a lot of running and very little action you know <laughs> it, was just, it was just like you know the, the friend that you know that's gonna say yeah we're gonna do this we're gonna do this we're gonna do this and then he goes on vacation and he's asleep the whole time yeah. that's basically like it was just a lot of a lot of movement up and down the field and then i'm looking at the score because you know i have that youtube you know multiple yeah. screen thing now so I had the sound, you know, shifting the sound back and forth. So the sound wasn't always on that Cal game, yeah. but I'm watching it and I'm just going, man, there's still only like 20 points that less than 20 points have been scored in this game. And I've just seen a lot of like, oh, and the, the, the crowd is cheering <laughs> and a lot of stuff going on. And Hugh Freeze is pumping his fists and it's still 13 to seven, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, it was yeah. just a stupid game. Yeah, it was. That was a that was a real dumb, dumb game. I mean, truly, I mean to your point, right? Like it did feel like there was a lot of there was there was a lot of uh there was a lot of action for nearly nothing productive done. I mean and and like neither I mean, both quarterbacks had hide, hideous games. Yeah, but they hung I mean to your point, they hung in there and yeah. I don't want to dump on Cal because there's a world where 
you know, Hugh Freeze and, and one of the like I, I lost that pick, right? I think I took Auburn uh, plus seven on the podcast just because I thought Freeze would do enough to be able to scheme people open. And uh, and look, I mean, Cal was able to and, and the thing we'll talk about, but like Cal was crossed the 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 50 yard line like eight times. They yeah. were in like the 30 yard line like five times. They just could. I mean, that chances to win that game, which speaks well, because we thought Cal could suck. I mean, this is yeah. kind of one of those weeks where we're figuring out who is who and, and you know, how strong these teams are. I, I agree with you. I don't think Auburn is going to be all that good. But the fact that Cal was competitive, I think, is a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Utah, I mean, like my takeaway for them is, uh, both, both Kyle Whittingham and Andy Ludwig, like just cannot evaluate quarterbacks in practice. Um, and like, they really, they really have to see people play in games to be able to decide who, what the pecking order should be for quarterbacks. Because like, there is, I mean, look, I mean, I like, I, but, I, and I want to be clear, cause I do think that like, I mean, if, if people recall back like the 2017 season with Khalil Tate, like there was a sector of Arizona fans that were like, oh no, like it is Khalil Tate's arm that is opening things up. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is Khalil Tate running the football that has opened up the offense. And th- that was it. It was Nate Johnson's ability to add in more of the run game um, that opened up more of the offense, forced Baylor to put a spy on him, focus more like and and not play man. I mean, like, you know, play a lot of zones so they could keep an eye on him. And that opened up the passing game afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll break down each of these, but I, I really think as a whole, like some of these, some of these teams pulled the game out of, uh, out of their, their rear end. I think Utah is one of them. Yeah. Although like, you're right. The, the scheme of that game changed. Yeah. Um, Colorado, I mean, not Colorado, uh, Oregon, uh, absolutely. That <laughs> we'll talk about that. Uh, the last thing, just to right, we're talking general impressions, and we'll get into the specific games. But it, that Colorado game, we'll talk about how that game could have gone very differently. But I was thrilled out of my mind with the second half adjustments that that team, like oh, they yeah. were, they oh, just yeah. blew the doors off of them. <laughs> and that is coaching, yeah. and like that is. And it, like, right, we, we said about that line, that line was three and I just wanted to respect the ocean, you know, like you just kind of, sometimes you're out on that ship and you just got to respect that three and say, all right, they're, they're hanging this three for some reason. Yeah. Um, and I was wrong and it was it, looking back, like we said, that's probably the dumbest line probably of 2023 that we'll look back and see, Hey, like, you know, Nebraska can't move the ball and Colorado's pretty good on offense. We've seen two games in a row where that team has been well coached. And that is, I think that's saying so much for a program that just is Island of misfit toys that have just come together at the last second. And the fact that they got those guys playing like, and now look, there's a lot of flaws. This team isn't going to go win nine games, right. but like, but that is super, super impressive. I was really yeah. impressed with what, what I mean, look, I mean, look, like they've gotten two power two wins against power five competition. I mean, TCU, I think is, you know, clearly come back to earth a little bit off of and, and they were a little lucky last year too um and nebraska's not i mean this is a little bit like the you know like i want to hand it to cal i also want to be clear that i don't think auburn's going to be a very good football team this year like nebraska is not a very good football team right now um but the fact that colorado was able to push them around and make adjustments in the second half tells you that colorado like is is a darn sight better than where nebraska is right like and that i think is is really impressive in this year like and i and like i don't want like people also shouldn't overreact people i mean i saw people like people that in theory are calling like smart about college football saying like look at the adjustments colorado's defense made week over week and i was like let's not kid ourselves like nebraska's offense is hot garbage um 
and they played like it all game. I mean, Jeff Sims is 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 not the answer. Clearly, a quarterback. No, no, not at all. And and that cost them. We'll we'll break down. I mean, I really that was the tale of two halves, and and what what might have been. Yeah. But let's let's just start with uh, you know Oklahoma State twenty seven, Arizona State fifteen. We'll talk about. It. There's only like there's only about four or five games where there's an actual line. Most of these are FCS schools versus yeah. Pac twelve schools. So we'll we'll break down some of these. Um, I, I watched the majority of this game and I mean, this was also the tale of two halves. I mean, I think in the, in the opening series, you had kind of some ugly back and forth before between both teams. Right. And Elijah Badger had a couple catches, but for the most part, you know, th- this game could have the, the, like, look, I took Oklahoma state and I took it pure, purely on coaching. I mean, I'm like, okay, Oklahoma state is not a great team and neither is ASU, but I just trust, I trust Gundy and I think Gundy's going to be able to do enough to, to win the game. And that's really what happened. This game was like ASU was winning at the first half. Right. Um, and met bowl, something to really keep in mind. I met bowl. I think it was their left or right tackle. He's out. And there really is it. If you look at the depth chart for ASU, it is real rough in that that second round of offensive linemen. And Isaiah Glass didn't play in this game either. So they were down to basically starting offensive linemen. And I think Bowles going to be out for the season. We'll take a look, but but he was carted off and and that that seemed like it was the end for him. Um, second half though, right? Oklahoma State came back 17-0 um, to win that game. And it just seemed like they were able to click more. And the defense I mean, just the defense for ASU, I think, is a problem. I mean, if if you're giving up 27 to a bad Oklahoma State team and you can't score, like you're not going to win a lot of games, Rob. Right. I mean, I, that's a real problem for this team because Arizona State was not in any way um, able to slow down a pr- what has been for the last couple seasons a pretty bad Oklahoma State offense. Right. Like it has been a long time since Oklahoma State was one of the best offenses in college football, and. I mean, they played three quarterbacks. <laughs> they played three. I mean, Oklahoma State was was basically having quarter. I mean, basically having quarterback tryouts during this game. Um, you know, including I think the coach's kid. <laughs> yeah, I was I was joking that a like it, you know it was, it was facetious. Sometimes it's hard. You know, sarcasm is hard to read. Sometimes where I'm like, you know, ASU's defense is has has caused a coaching change in this game. <laughs> it's like yeah, I mean, you know, it's a little on the other side too. It wasn't just ASU, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, Oklahoma State was able. I mean, they were more disciplined. They they clearly have better depth. Um, I don't. I mean, this is an Oklahoma State team that I that I I think very easily could have a losing record in the Big Twelve this year, though. I mean, so uh, you know, like it's. I think this is another sign. ASU kind of is where we thought they were. You know, um, you know, another sign was like BYU really stuck it to Southern Utah. This weekend, if you saw that, that was that game was not close. Um, you know, so like just to, I mean, like the um, a- ASU is probably more in line with what they thought we thought they were going to be coming into the season. I know that there are some folks that were like, no, no, like, you know, ASU is never good. and They're never bad. And I'm like, I, I think this year they could be bad. Yeah. And, and on on the bright side with them, like Jaden Rashada, look, he didn't have a great game. Was a, that's not the bright side, right? He yeah. was about 50%, 160-70 through a pick and a touchdown. I mean, I watched most of this. Yeah, yeah. But but you saw like I get I get why they started him because there were some real beautiful throws yeah, that he, yeah. he was able to check. So I was like, oh, okay, all right. At least at least I could see what could be in a couple of years, but it's certainly not this year. Look, it's a rebuild. Like embrace it. Just if you're an ASU fan. Um, and look, we could be wrong. I don't think we're wrong on this one, but 
take a look at the bright spots, look at the emerging freshmen, look at the players that are starting to really make a name for themselves and look forward to the next. Like, I really don't want to dump on them too much, you know, because I feel bad about it. And they have a tough, they have a tough matchup coming up, Rob. Yeah. They play, um, you know, they got Fresno State, <laughs> they got them at home, and they're one and a half point favorites. And, you know, Fresno straight up went into uh, West Lafayette and beat Purdue. Yeah. Right. This is a, a Jeff Tedford coach team. This is a buttoned up team that, you know, yes, they are a group of five, but this is going to be a tough matchup for an ASU team that's really finding itself and is down a couple offensive linemen. I'm pretty worried about them in this one. Yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, look, I mean, Fresno State actually opened as the favorite in Vegas at Circa. They opened as a one-point favorite in this game, and it swung back over. Um, So clearly sharp money, you know, like Vegas came out with a line at one. Sharp money tends to move. If you're seeing movement in the line this early, it tends to be, you know, sharp betters that have moved it. Either that or somebody else opened the line. I mean, that's a tight line. So, like, you know, you could easily swing it over to Arizona State. Um, Baderank has this as a true toss up, right? Like, uh, like between these two. So it was one of those, there, there are a handful where there's divergence, but most of the lines came out very close to the naive spread this week. Um, and this is one of them It was just right on. I, I mean, like Fresno state right now, I mean, their, their offense last season was pretty good for a group of five team, 44 overall in beta rank. They're really good throwing the football number 29 and effective pass. Um, ASU's defense, which we talked about is a bit of a problem. They were at 111 on defense last season in beta rank 86 and effective pass. I mean, that's like, I mean, when I, you think about like, so you're sort of like main concern coming into this game, it's, it, it is on defense. Like they had a good, for a group of five team, Fresno had a really good defense last year, 53 overall in beta rank. Um, and they were much better against the pass than they were against the run 33 and effective pass last season. Now Fresno did have that really good game against Purdue. I mean, like Purdue's like kind of a little bit of a wait and see. They clearly have a new coach for a reason. I mean, like now their old coach too, you know, like I thought people, I think people thought was doing okay. Decided to go back to Louisville, which is where he went to school, but you know, they've got a new coaching staff in place. Um, you know, Tedford's a, Tedford's a sharp co- I mean, this is one, another one of those ones where, like, it's not – I mean, this is, Tedford's been back for a couple seasons. He's got a good coaching staff, you know, in place. Um, suddenly I'm like, did he get another transfer quarterback in? Like, this is something I got to suddenly look up. <laughs> and, of course, like, the that – that uh, CFB stats like slows down right at this moment when I'm like, let's look it up. Well, while, while you're doing that, I just want to highlight. I think they're weak at corner. Yeah. And Row Torrance, like I watched, I watched a lot of this game, yeah. and and I don't think Row Torrance is very good. I, I just and like he's their JUCO All American that they were like penciling him in as the he's a returning starter. Oh. I'm like, I don't know if that's good or not. So I mean, Mikey Keene hasn't been bad for them at Fresno. He's at 65 percent completion percentage, which is where you want to be in modern college football. Seven point one per. Um, he's got six touchdowns and only two interceptions. That's not a. He's not doing too bad. Um. You know, for them, I, I, this is one of those ones where it's like, I tend to lean a little Fresno, but I mean, I say that, but like, then they went out and almost lost to Eastern Washington. Oh no. So yeah, that's, that's why it's, <laughs> it's like, I mean, so they're like 74 in beta rank. Um, I mean, he had a, like, I mean, Keen had a real good day against Purdue um you know four td passes you know against purdue and purdue's got ryan walters as the head coach so we expect the defense to at least be pretty well coached i don't know that they're gonna have like the full turnaround this season um you know but like the you know the game last week 
they turn the ball over a bunch. This is stuff I should have looked up beforehand. My apologies. Um, no, no, they finished plus on turnovers. They just, man, it used to be Eastern Washington can be a problem sometimes. But I, uh, this is a real tough one. I, I think the money swinging swinging over to Fresno is uh, a sign. I mean, like, they, a sign, I mean, a sign that like you know, like more betters are in on more sharp money's in on Fresno. Um, I think people. I don't think there's a lot of faith. I don't, to your point, like I don't think there's a lot of faith in that in this game in particular. Like Fresno's going to throw it around um, in Arizona State's ability to stop it. Well, we talked about this last week in terms of Jaden Rashada. He, he's probably going to throw a pick, and he did. Yeah, I think he's going to throw a pick in this game. Like he's just he's a true freshman that's playing f- football at a at a very high level, and it's tough. It's tough to do that. Um, didn't see a lot of his legs on the ground. Right, he's mostly throw, trying to sling back in the in the pocket. And I think that that can be a problem. Now he has Elijah Badger, and th- like there's a couple other good wide receivers on that team. But it's so it's it's possible that they they are able to move the ball to some extent. My worry is twofold. The first is again down two linemen. Um, ASU for the most part, I mean particularly last year, wanted to lean on the run, and I think it's going to be more and more difficult as you see more and more injuries pack up on that front. Like Cam Scadabo, um, like the the. Uh, Sac State transfer is like decent and they have some okay people back there, but you know, stack the box, make, make Badger beat you, make Rashada beat you and, and try to put up some points. So, um, yeah, I'll take, I'll take Fresno state. I, I, I'm curious to see this because it's possible that they're able to, uh, to get some points to the air in terms of ASU, but I think ASU is going to give up some points here and, and that will likely be the end of them in this game. So I'll take, I'll, I'll lay the, um, Let's see what I'm trying to remember if they're uh, favored or um, yeah, ASU is the favorite. I'll take the one and a half. Like, let's go. Um, oh, okay. And, ASU is the favorite. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> I'll take Fresno here too. Okay. Um, so the next game we have up is let's do it. Let's do the air. Let's get the Arizona schools out of the way here to, to start. Um, so look, I, I didn't have the eyes on this game as much like, so if you watch this, feel free to, to take the reins here. Right. So, um, it was, it was bonkers. I mean, I have the stats and, and I think sometimes when we take a look at the, um, if, if you're just caught stat counting, it can be a problem, right? So Mississippi state 31, Arizona 24. Um, I, I cracked open this one. I ended up focusing more on Oregon and, um, and UCLA, and I was like, oh, snap, okay, all right, Jaden Delora, 324, that's pretty good, two touchdowns. Holy smokes, four interceptions. Uh, and and we, this is why we took Mississippi State, right? We're like, in, on no, in, in no world will we accept Jaden Delora goes into an SEC school and plays well. Four picks, and they still took this to overtime, Rob. I mean, like, what on earth happened in this oh game? Oh, my God. It's not just four picks. He started out the game with three consecutive interceptions. Oh, my God. And it has to be, I mean, and this is like, I mean, we watched Jed fish stick with Gunner Cruz. Like, I mean, like Jed fish will just keep running you out there apparently. So like he, I was like, there's no way after three straight interceptions that like you don't run out the other quarterback. There has to be consequences (laughs) (laughs) and there were none. Um, so Arizona put themselves in a massive hole and it looked like it was just over. And it was like, all right, like, here we go. You know, like, I think they were already down like 14, nothing. Um, and then 
Like Mississippi's, like I will say, Arizona's defense. Like I don't think Mississippi State's new offensive coordinator is great. Like he, they, they sincerely wanted to run the football uh, yeah. a lot, and actually after Ar- recruiting for the air raid for yeah. like three years, so yeah, yeah. smart, like real. real <laughs> So, like they kept saying on the broadcast, like you're going to turn to your all-time SEC completions leader at some point, right? Like to tell them to go out and win the game, and like they never did. Like it's just like they really tried to run it. Um, and I got to give credit to Arizona's defensive line; they were actually pretty good. Um, like Bill Norton was a problem in the game. Like the interior defensive line in particular, like played pretty well. Um, they forced Mississippi state to punt quite a bit. Um, I should also say Delora also had like one of his truly stupid, stupid, um, plays where he's like running around like a crazy man. And he wings it out to Jacob Cowing, like on the like, and it's and it's this weird pass, and it's almost a lateral, and he's like running full speed at the line of scrimmage when he does it, and like Cowing's like kind of like having to adjust to catch the ball, and he gets his feet down and establishes possession just in time to get popped and fumble the football. <laughs> so like you at this point, you have four four turnovers that are pretty much your quarterback's. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then in the second half, so then like Arizona gets a late score in the at the end of the first half on the dumbest. Like I don't know if you saw this. This is this is one of the most amazing. I'm sorry. Like if you're not like if you didn't watch this, you should go watch this. Delora basically like they were going to spike the ball. They had gotten the ball down to like the one. They're going to sp- run the spike play. There's like 15 seconds left. Delora takes the snap, doesn't spike it, but he didn't tell anyone, and he just decided to sneak it himself. Oh wow! <laughs> right, <laughs> and then and then like as like the center and everybody else figure out what he's doing, like they start pushing too, and they get credit for the touchdown because they called the touchdown on the field. But there's like no video evidence that Delora ever actually got into the end zone, <laughs> but it just held up. So Arizona. Despite the fact that they at this point are down minus four on turnovers, goes in because the defense actually played pretty well, down only a touchdown <laughs> into the second half. <coughs> and then like Delora throws another pick after like they get back close. But like he's resi- like he was resilient. Like I you gotta give him credit. Like outside of the outside, I mean it's hard to say this, outside of the four interceptions and that he was basically responsible for a fumble, he had a really good game. And <laughs> like, he's a volume shooter. He, he's a volume he shooter. Is. He is the he's like he's like uh both both weeknight and weekend Ray John Rondo all in one. Um, and so he like gets them all the way back. They get it. Like they get it close, like all the way down and like tie it up. I was in shock because I was like flipping back and forth between the Texas Alabama game. And I was like, yeah, like there's some life in them, but there's no way that I was like, oh my God, there's a way. Um, and in overtime, Arizona just like couldn't, but like the fact that, I mean, look, Mississippi state had a top 10 defense last year. Zach Arnett is still there. Um, Arizona's guys got, I mean, like, look, the Lord did some dumb stuff. The offensive line played really well. Like the positives for Arizona are legion in this game. Like there are a ton of like really good things that you could show and be like, Oh, there was real improvement. Like the offensive line and the running blacks blocked. Well, Delora had plenty of time. Um, but like 
oh my god like all of that all of that was erased by like four like being minus four on turnovers um i I think if well i think if you're a pac-12 team that isn't oregon usc well probably just oregon usc at this point maybe utah Uh, i have to go back and look and see who arizona plays uh, Delora won't play this poorly in terms of the picks all the time. Like he tends to do this in 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 areas where the microscopes on him. He feels like he needs to do more than he needs to. But I mean, for every game here, you have Delora that's going to throw three touchdowns and a pick, have 320 yards, and he's going to have some on the ground. And if Arizona's defense is better, this is a te- like this team will not win the Pac-12. No. But this is a team that if you're UCLA, Oregon State. Um, Colorado. I mean, this is now a team where you're looking at the at Arizona, going, "Oh crap, we have to play them," uh, which is which is great for the conference. I'm, I'm yeah. excited. To oh see no, Arizona is like Arizona. Like you are good for probably like two Jane Delora induced losses more. Yeah, beyond the one that he just caused at Mississippi State, there are two multi intercept, two more multi interception games lurking out there to happen at a TBD time. But then like, I thought the main takeaway for this, like, which is bad. I mean, like, which is, I I think like, whereas like, look, Auburn, you know, Auburn's not going to be that great. They're going to get like, they may hang with Alabama because it's like Auburn and they're, that's just the way college football works. No matter how bad all of Auburn is, it's like they'll hang around with Alabama this year, but like, they're going to, they're going to lose multiple SEC games by 30 points this year. Like Oklahoma state is, there's no way they have a winning record in the big 12 this season. Like, Mississippi State's good. Like they're probably going to be like four and five in the SEC, but they're they're still a really good football team. And like Arizona went out and like sh- frankly should have won the game and showed improvement in all phases. Like yeah. that, I think, is an like if we're like heading into this is like that makes this fun. Like now it's going to be the Jaden Delora roller coaster out there, <clears throat> but Arizona is suddenly like a fun team that could like change the Pac-12 race with an unexpected upset. They have UTEP uh, coming up. <laughs> They're a 17 and a half point favorite. And that started at 16. Um, that, that's come up. Yeah, that's that. They put some respect <coughs> on the mouth. Yeah, right. The names they of Arizona players. Like, <laughs> They're like, there's no way Delora throws four picks again. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, how bad is UTEP? Because I think the, the, the worry here, because I'm I'm want to take the point or to lay the points here. My worry is big game. You take a loss. You get back home. You come out sleepy, right? Because you're preparing for conference season. But I mean, Arizona has the team to be able to cover this if, if UTEP is as bad as I recall. But what, where, where are they at this point? So UTEP, I mean, so right now, like UTEP, they finished at 97 overall last season in beta rank. This season, they're at 101. Um, they just got hammered by a very bad Northwestern team. 38 to seven. Um, now, like the one thing to watch out with them is Gavin Hardison, their quarterback. Look, they're not. Uh, I mean, like they're like they're not going to be good, but Hardison, if he gets hot, he's got an NFL arm. Now he's clearly at UTEP for a reason, even though he's got a cannon for an arm. Um, but like, if he gets hot, like UTEP could put up some points uh, against Arizona. But I fully expect like errors like Beta Rank has this much closer because we're mostly still on the projection data. Still, I think Vegas is is much further along on where Arizona is. Beta Rank has this at nine and a half. Um, I think that this is probably closer to that 16, 17, um, 
point range. Like, I think that's probably fair. Um, and if Delora has a really good game, you know, like his receivers are going to be way open. You know, Arizona's running backs are going to run really well in this game. I mean, the fact that like Northwestern, Northwestern, who for years has been synonymous with terrible offense, put up, yeah, put up 38 against UTEP. Um, you know, now there, there were three UTEP turnovers in there, but like, you know, like Northwestern had themselves a decent game. They had 10.4 per completion or per pass. Um, and they ran for 4.7 against UTEP. But this UTEP defense is going to give up a lot of points and Arizona has got a good offense. I, I, I actually like Arizona to probably win by a 21. Yeah, I'll, I'll lay them. I think this team is better still than, than they're getting. Res- Although they, they did get the respect in that Mississippi state game. I mean, nine points was not a large spread um, for a, a bottom on paper, a bottom pack 12 team going on the road yeah. on, into a top 10 defense. Um, I'll, I'll lay them though. I'm just trying. I mean, I know this, this team is the team I know mostly better than any other pack 12 team. And like, I just, it's... I think they're in a better spot. And, and like, look, if, if, Fre- if UTEP comes back and like smacks them, um, I would almost take that as a, um, an opportunity to buy low. Like I just, yeah. I think this team is better than it's been uh, in past years. And, and that's great. That, that's good to yeah. see. I mean, this feels like one of those, like, look, like last year, there were any number of reasons Arizona could have lost a football game, often starting with like a very, very bad defense. And look, the defense probably still is pretty bad, but they're not nearly as bad as they were, it looks like. Um, and it's probably more at this point, like, you know, the question of like, if it, if Arizona's going to cover or not, it's going to be Delora. Yeah, I've had a bad, I've had a bad, like, I've, we've, well, we've been doing this for five years, Rob. I've never... Uh, done worse than like 54% against the spread. It's been a rough, it's been a rough, like I'm not used to the Pac-12 actually coming out and exceeding expectations. So I got to, last week was rough. Really rough. It was, it was tough. Um, Let's get, let's get to, well, I want to talk Colorado because that, that game was, was bonkers and fun and awesome. And I was really excited to watch it. Let's get to that. And Oregon and other teams right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, let's let's get this over with in the best way possible, right? Colorado uh, on a national television with with the good cameras. One of the things that, that I've been I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe in the future is to see the difference in camera quality. Like you go from Colorado, right, and it's Colorado, Nebraska, Fox, national, yeah. big lights, great, you know, and then you go to UCLA, San Diego State, and it looks like it was recorded with an iPhone camera, you know. Like, was that game on ESPN? Yeah. Um. The, the UCLA State. game. Yeah, I think so. And it was just a poor, it just didn't pop. There was some, there were multiple games this, this week that popped weird. There's one game where, um, you could hear the, the reverb, like, or the feedback in the microphone. You could oh, tell yeah. either they weren't at the game or they were at the game with poor quality. Anyway, um, this game was off. This, this game was the opposite of that. Like the, the mics were great. The colors were great. The game was great. Um, Colorado 36, Nebraska 14. I just want to, I want to plant my flag here. There is, uh, you know, in the multiverse of college football, there is a there are many options where Nebraska wins this because they came out really strong. 
They were able to move the ball on the ground and they should have been winning this game and in control of the game in terms of like clock management, in terms of pushing Colorado around. And again, I'm going to go the good parts of this, right? Because like, again, like we said in the beginning, there are, there are so many good things to talk about with Colorado, but, um, if, if Sims, their quarterback knows how to field a snap, yeah, right. They're winning at halftime and they're in control in the second half. Now that didn't happen. And the crowd was great, and Sims got rattled, and Colorado took full advantage, um, and won. And they—they, they, I mean, they—they they smoked them in the second yeah, half. Yeah. That was super fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're a Colorado fan, like you should be really excited. You're going to start out three and zero too, because Colorado State's garbage. Um, I can't believe, like, I mean, that's how bad a slate it is this week and overall in college football. That like game day, or like, well, I think both game day and Big Noon wanted to go to Colorado. <laughs> Because it's this week's Colorado <laughs> State, the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Like Colorado State, as we saw against Washington State, is god awful. Um, but like Colorado, like put it to Nebraska. And look, I mean, like Nebraska's going to lose a ton of Big Ten games, right? Like they're bad, but this isn't one where it's like, oh, but it was close, right? Like, and it's like a close win. Like this wasn't close in the end. And that I think is like shows like how much progress Colorado's made, right? Like they're not eking out a win. Like this is something like Colorado is a couple possessions better than Nebraska. And yes, there is a multiverse here where like, you know, like, Jeff Sims, like does, you know, Nebraska does some right things because they do. Nebraska does have some talented players, but they're clearly not a complete team. I don't think Colorado's a complete team yet either. Um, and I don't think like, I think the watch out for Colorado, we're not going to see it here. We're going to have to wait for Oregon, um, which is going to be, bon I mean, like that game is going to be bonkers. Like the lead up to that. <laughs> like, Dion versus shoe university is like, is like, you cannot, like, um, but the, the, you know, like this, the, you know, Colorado was able to, to go out, like, I mean, shut down a really, really bad Nebraska offense. Right. Like, and they were able to like, I mean, this was an offense that fundamentally struggled against Minnesota. Um, you know, and they struggled even more against Colorado. And I think the hard thing for Nebraska is, I mean, it's like, once the pressure gets on, once Colorado hits some, like gets ahead, like Colorado is sort of designed to play from ahead, right? Like the defense yeah. probably isn't great. You want your opponent feeling the pressure from what the offense is doing. Um, and then they might make mistakes. And like in Nebraska just kept making mistake after mistake after mistake. Once the pressure hit them. Um, yeah. I mean, and Colorado played really smart, disciplined football for the most part too. Like, I mean, like there's just a, there's a ton to like about this Colorado team. Um, and there's no, like, and there's no negatives. Like when we like, I know if you're a Colorado fan, it's like all birthday cake with extra icing, right? You're like, this is so much better than like we thought we were going to be. Right. So like, I get it. Like you're like, you know, like when we try to figure out how good they are, like, which is part of what we got to do you know it's like trying to figure out what their ceiling is um and i don't know that we fully know what their ceiling is i mean we're certainly going to figure it out against oregon because we're going to figure out where this defense is for sure in that game now where yeah. oregon's defense is is another yeah, question <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think the thing with with colorado um and and we we touched on this at the beginning but i just love when teams come out in in the second half and it's a totally new game yeah. And that that's what this looked like. I mean, Colorado had a plan. They moved the ball. They they I think they understood that 
Nebraska was could run the ball on them, and they went out and they hit them in the mouth in terms of being able to gun down the field. Yeah. So that then Nebraska had to change. Like Nebraska wasn't as aggressive on the ground. At least, as I recall, I watched this whole game. It's possible that they, but the way that that I, I recall it happening was. Colorado comes out and they're scoring and it just really forced Nebraska to panic. And that's what you needed to do because when you take a look at the box score, right, they, they gave up like 200 yards, 222 yards rushing to Nebraska. Um, again, Colorado couldn't run the ball. They, they yeah. rushed for like 88 yards. Right. Um, but it didn't matter because they were throwing the ball down the field and they played their game and they, yeah. they looked for the most part out like, the other thing to, to flag is eight sackles for a loss. Uh, Nebraska was able to, to to rack up on Colorado. That's a lot. That's like they got. I mean, that offensive line. Like I mean, look. Like when Sanders wasn't getting hit, he was doing amazing things, and guys were often running free. But holy moly, right? Like that. I mean, now look. Like the big. You know, the pack. You know, the Pac-12 does not have like a. We've talked about this many a time. Like a murderer's row of defenses. You know, or defensive lines. But some of them have gotten better, you know, and if Colorado is going to have to sit back there and throw all day, like, you know, teams like Oregon and USC are still going to get after them, you know, like, and they don't have to play Utah till the end of the year, but like, man, Sanders is going to take some hits in the Utah game. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Lander, Lander Barton, like just like, just pencil this, just pencil this in that I said this, like Lander Barton on a green dog blitz. <laughs> like, coming out, like. But to their credit, right? We, we know their flaws and this staff knows their flaws. Yeah. Like they're super aware yeah. of this. So the fact <laughs> that they knew that and they went into the second half and they just whooped up on Nebraska playing their game, setting their tempo, leaning into what made them good. I'm just so, like, I'm so impressed. I, I, I love when a, co- when a coaching staff really like has things, uh, on a on a platter for their team and puts them in a position to be excellent and and they were excellent in that second half. Now they have Colorado State. Um, I was a little. And John Sean Lewis is good. Their offensive coordinator that they hired over, he's a really good offensive mind. This is by far the most talent he's probably ever had. And Sanders at quarterback is phenomenal. Yeah, he is. He like, is. I mean, he's the real deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, so they have Colorado State. Colorado State is bad. Very bad. This line is nineteen and a half. I know. See, this is the problem, Rob. It's like, how many? I've looked at this line. I've looked now the 21, right? I took Colorado at the 21 because I just, th- and I, I think I'm going to take the 19 and a half knowing that it's the square pick. And it's the same reason that I took Colorado in the, fir- in the first game against TCU. It's because they want to give, sh- they want, they want Sanders to get the highs. He's not going to get it, but they, I think they step on the gas and they give zero craps about what quarter it is. Um, and, and they rack up. I think they're going to, they want to make a statement going into Pac-12 play. I, I don't think they take their foot off the gas pedal. And and this Colorado State team is bad. Um, I And I say this knowing all of the flaws. We just talked about all the flaws for Colorado. There's a world where they start reading their press clippings. You know, they take they take this week off to prepare for Oregon. I think that's the... Yeah. If, they, if they don't cover, that's the reason why. They kind of just... But I don't know if they do that. No, I mean, Cam Ward lit them up. I mean, right? Like Cam Ward lit up Colorado State. Um, Colorado State was, I mean, was as bad as Colorado last year. Like Colorado finished at 127 in beta rank. Colorado finished at 126. Um, but clearly they didn't reload and hire Dion. So <laughs> I mean, it's a much longer reload cycle for Colorado State. I'm going to take Colorado in this game because I, I don't, I don't think Dion has any. I think this is all somehow really personal to him. 
Like I just I like I fundamentally believe like they're just gonna run up the score any chance they get. The thing that worries me, I mean, like it's it's the not taking the team not taking this game seriously, um, preparing yeah. for Oregon, which I don't think is the case. Um, they might not be able to run the ball, but Colorado State doesn't it's not like they're playing Nebraska. Like they I think they rush the ball for ninety yards minimum in this game just because they they will. Um, and they'll be able to throw the ball everywhere. And look, I don't trust their defense very much, but I mean, this I guess Colorado walkover. Yeah, I, just, I mean, like like Norvell's got a decent coaching staff at Colorado State that he brought over from Nevada. He's got Hot Hal Mummy's kid as his offensive coordinator. Um, but like they have just a huge hole to dig out personnel wise. They could rush the football and try to try to run clock. So that's the other thing. I mean, but they're well, air raid. Like, oh, yeah, that's true. All right. Yeah. Like, no, like, Hal Mummy's kid, Hal Mummy's kid is. Yeah. yeah. What am I talking about? Rushing the ball? I'm just an idiot. <laughs> I mean, maybe, like, you never know. Like, maybe they just hit a point where they're like, you know what? Let's just get this over with. Like, just let's just take a knee. <laughs> All right. Let, let's do this Oregon game. Um, just a just a tasty, delicious cover at the end. I mean, the pick six to to go up by set by a go totally by. undeserved cover. Oh, it's so ridiculous. Um, Oregon thirty eight, Texas Tech thirty. Texas Tech had this this game. I mean, like in it was pretty much in the not in the bag, but they they needed to lose it and they did. Um, Bo Nix thirty two forty four. 350 plus, you know, uh, yards, two touchdowns. He had 46 on the ground. Um, but he did have, he did have that Bo Nix moment where he threw that awful, that was a pick. He threw a pick in the end zone and they did not call it a pick. And I was like, oh, I, no. I was happy that they did it, but right. that was, I, I, oh, that was <laughs> bad. We came back from like commercial. Like, wait, what? They gave them the ball. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They gave it back to him. Um, Look, they gave up some points. We saw some weakness here for Oregon, and we 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 knew it. I I did think that the defensive line was stronger um, than they've been in the past. They were able to get some pressure on Texas Tech. Yeah. At the same time, I mean, what the, now? If you look at the box score, it says three interceptions, but two of those were in the fourth quarter. Like you you had the the pick six, and I think he threw another interception at, at the end. I have to go back and look. I watched most of this game, so it's yeah, a I mean, little like misleading. The, yeah, I mean, but like still, like the game was tight, right? Like it's not like all those interceptions all count. Yeah, yeah. I it was more just if it wasn't like the Arizona game where, you know, Texas tech found itself in a hole and then, right. And then was I, mean, able I guess what back. it is though, is like, I mean, that can check is like Oregon put up 20 points, 20 of their points in the fourth quarter or Oregon does not come back without those picks. Yeah. That's the part where I it's mean, like Oregon, Oregon need like, like, and I say this, like, look, people should be aware. Texas tech was kind of sneaky. Good. They often like, they were like diet Coke, Texas. Like, so Texas last year was like sneaky, good. And like good on like 80% of their drives. And then would do stupid things. The other 20% Texas tech would do good things on like 70% of their drives and do really <laughs> stupid things. The other 30%. Um, but like, they were clearly heading in like a good direction with Joey McGuire. Um, last year and so like i mean people should be aware like this texas tech team is pretty good they're going to cause people some trouble in the big 12 like this wasn't just like oregon went to like oklahoma state or somebody like that right but oregon needed to be needed plus three on turnovers in order to win this game like well that I, I just part. want i just i i want to plant the flag here those last two turn so two of the three picks were in the last 35 seconds of the game okay so there's one there's like so we'll in the last one. pick was plus the back two. Break. We'll say plus two on turnovers. 
Yeah, I think that's okay. Fair. I think that's. But I mean, fair. plus two on turnovers uh, is still pretty substantial, right? Like Texas Tech, if they don't turn the ball, like if they're even on turnovers, wins this game. Now they're at home, right? What I want to say with this is like, if you're Oregon, that on its own, even though you went out and you beat a good team, is a concern because you're basically Texas Tech is equal, you know, like on a neutral field. That's not where you want to be if you're Oregon. I was shocked at um at the lack of production on the ground from Bucky Irving. Oh man, Texas. So he got, got he, him. Yeah. Now he, he had 50 yards receiving. And so it was interesting because I was watching him and I'm going, um, I watched almost all of this game. I think I missed like the first five to six minutes of it. Um, and I was focused on Irving cause I like Irving. I think he's a good player, but on the ground, I was just, I mean, 11 for 38. I mean, that was his line and, and it showed yeah. like I was watching this going, Man, they can't run the football. Now, 46, like, fit, they on paper, they ran for 113 yards. On paper, 56 or 46 of those came from Bo Nicks. Yeah. So you're looking at 18 for 50 from uh, Whittington and Irving. And that that is worrisome. Yeah. I mean, because look, I mean, like, everyone talks about, like, the strength of Oregon is still the offensive line, right? Like, and man, it's not like Texas Tech has like the world's greatest defensive lineman that they've recruited, <laughs> you know, like you don't have a bunch of four and five stars out there in Lubbock and DeRoder's, a, you know, like he didn't do well at Oregon, but for the most part, he's been a pretty good DC in his career. And like, he showed up with a plan to make Bonix win the game. Um, now, I mean, Bonix eventually did, but you know, like they, I mean, they really, this Texas tech defense really shut down the Oregon run game. That's probably like, there's, there's probably two concerns if, if you're an Oregon fan out of this game. One is like, yes, like they, 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 they got the running game shut down. Um, the other of which is like Tyler Shuck outside the interceptions had himself a game. Like now he wasn't super effective on his completion percentage, but like, man, he ran the ball a lot um himself putting up 100 yards you know rushing the football um and he's not exactly like mr wheels right like if you're oregon suddenly looking and you're under like oh you know like oh wait we've got caleb williams on the schedule like that sounds fun right like <laughs> now he broke one for 58 yeah. so if you you know like and look explosive plays count yeah, so just yeah. there, there's a couple things where and this was a problem um i want to say it was for oregon it was certainly the problem for usc remember when we were like oh no, USC can't cover mobile quarterbacks right, and yeah. lo and behold, they could not. So let's plant a flag here. I, I want to see, or like, let's, let's take a look and see. I'm just flagging that to see what we got in, in the future. Cause they're going to run into a couple quarterbacks like this yeah. um, that are, that are much more effective at, at running the ball. And Texas tech. I don't think has like great. I mean, like, look, Shuck is Shuck is slightly better. It feels like than when he was in Oregon. Like, I don't, I don't think Tyler Shuck has made a ton of progress from the Tyler Shuck that we know and love from his days at Oregon. Um, <laughs> but that said, like, I mean, like, I, I, I think that there's a, like Oregon had the least bad of the bad defense, good offense mix in the PAC 12 last season. Um, I think there's a chance that they have made progress. I think that the fact that they were able to get pressure on Shuck, I mean, like Texas is Texas quarterback, Texas Tech's quarterback has made horrible decisions last year. That was like the 30%, like was usually them throwing picks. Um, and they had tons of injuries. So there was like three of them that each took turns throwing picks. Um, I think, I mean, I'd like to, I like for this Oregon defense, I'd like to see them again against a really good, you know, I uh, like, a, they ha like, we haven't seen them against a really good offense. I'd like to get to see them against a really, like, and we're going to get that in Colorado, um, and get an idea. Cause like Sanders, 
that's the matchup, right? Like Sanders against this Oregon secondary can and like can Oregon because you can get pressure on Sanders can Oregon, right? Like I feel like we're skipping ahead on this this game. Oregon's got Hawaii. Like Oregon's gonna win by a lot probably. Yeah, I mean, like, so a couple couple more things to mention in this game because I want to give Oregon credit, right? Like, yeah, Texas Tech is not an easy place to play. We talked about it, like going to the moon, basically going to to Lubbock. Um, this was a they played a team that had a good offense, and and you highlighted that they had a good offense, and I think a lot of Oregon fans are like, oh, we should smoke Texas Tech, and you didn't because they had a good offense, and you still don't have a great defense. Like, I just yeah. just please for the love of God know that, um, right? But. They were like, you know, we talked about the pressure. They were able to get get in the backfield. They had four sacks, six tackles for a loss here. The the thing I want to flag is um, I was watching this with four kids running around um, and I marked mentally um, at least three, possibly four just awful, awful plays from their defensive back. He was the transfer from Alabama. Okay, um, yeah. there was there was a targeting call that was inexplicable. There was there was a play where um Shuck throws the ball up in the air and it's like, he's gunning it, right? He's, he's throwing like one of those McDonald's arches and, um, and five, I forget. I think it's Jackson just smokes the receiver, like just smoke. And then three seconds later, the ball comes down. I mean, it was, it was so, it was so bad and so ridiculous. And then he had a really bad, uh, pass interference call. And I think there was a fourth. So if he's your, st- if he's starting for you, I think there's a problem in that secondary because he was bad. Um, secondary was horrible last year um and all that's the problem with this like if you're gonna have faith in this oregon team is like they've got colorado which we wouldn't have said before the season but like yeah colorado's gonna sling it you know they've got arizona which again like arizona's probably gonna lose that game but you turn the ball over Oregon, you might not win that one you got Mm -hmm. washington you got USC, right? Yeah. And I think they got Utah still too. I mean, like that's overs, a, overs, overs, overs. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, not a lot of defense. I mean, other than the Utah game, maybe not a lot of defense. But like, that's the concern is like, again, if you look across the Pac-12, it's not like you're going to face a bunch of teams that just are going to like run it up the gut at you and like do you a favor, you know? Yeah. So they have, uh, they're, they're laying 37 against, or, uh, against Hawaii. Um, I think they cover that. I just like I watched Stanford. I watched that whole game. Yeah. And now now Stanford's quarterback was out. It crop. It didn't matter. It didn't like that. Yeah. That, that was a stupid like that Stanford team. I'm I'm I want to go back and look at Hawaii versus Vanderbilt right? because we have to do all these web connections here. And uh, Stanford looks so out of place. Yeah. Like, so awful in the secondary. Um, Like and they couldn't run the football. They just. And they they we'll get to that. They melted down in the second half of that game. They they just mentally collapsed. Um, but if they beat Hawaii, um, I think Hawaii's really bad. I'll lay the thirty-seven. I think Oregon step. I think Oregon's just it's, they they put those they put those billboards up in Dallas and New York for a reason, and they need to step by it now because like I was kind of laughing that they were doing that. I'm like, wow, you put a lot of money into Bo Nix, and here he is now in Texas Tech losing a football game. And then I went back and looked at the stats. I'm like, okay, it's, it's, a good it's game. salvageable. Yeah, but I mean, look, um, he's going to have a big game. The question is how much he plays. Um, that's true. And, and that's- Ty Thompson is garbage. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, I don't. I mean, speak ill. Um, I might take that out and post, but like he's not. There. We're on live. We're on live. We're on live on YouTube, so <laughs> the, the the audience at home is getting that take. Um, I 
I'm going to take Hawaii because I just think that's a lot of points for Oregon. And I think they are going to sit next at least a chunk of it. Like, I think like, I think they're going to get up so big, so fast that I think Ty Thompson and whomever's number three are going to get some snaps um, in this game. And I think that like, I think they're going to like get up early and I think that they're going to run away with this. And then I think they're going to rest guys because they got Colorado. That's a good call. I mean, it's, I might a, tough, wait for it's this. a tough one because like you, there's definitely a world where this gets completely out of hand and it gets completely out of hand early enough that they have Bo Nix in there still because they want to get him refs. Yeah, I'm looking at like I'm doing the math right now, right? Because um, this could get like 56-7, 56-14 and they still cover. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would require significant... Oh, I'm going to do it, but like... I'm going to wait for that number to pump up a little bit more and I'll probably be on Hawaii I mean, we were by both the time kickoff so comes. bad last week. It's like, why not? I mean, like, yeah. it's not like it's funny. Cause like on the totals, I was in really good shape. Um, just personally. Um, I think the move here is to look at what the team total is for Oregon. Yeah. Um, that's likely the move. Cause I don't trust. Here's the things I don't trust. I don't trust Hawaii's, uh, offense. I don't trust Oregon's defense. I trust Oregon's offense. And if that number is like more than if it's like 45, I'm probably taking the over. Yeah. I just think that they're going to drop a whole lot of points in this game. So give me Oregon. I can't believe I'm laying this much, but I, I just think that they're going to try to to turn up the tables and, and looking back, we'll, we'll see what we'll see. Um, speaking of getting up really, really big and then not doing anything in the second half at all, like at all at all. Let's talk about USC and Stanford. And I'm angry about this. I have the <laughs> over 70. Uh, 52 points were scored in the first half. And here's my commitment to you, dear listener. Um, I was doing the prep for the show and not paying attention um, at the at the very end of the, the USC game. And I totally missed my window to place the under on the second half of this USC Stanford game, knowing that Miller Moss was coming in. And Miller, Mo- I, I do not believe, Rob, that Miller Moss is a good quarterback. Good for him. He's getting his master's degree or whatever at USC. I was pretty furious that they didn't put in the young kid, right? They have another five-star guy. And and, yeah, and, yeah. and like, and it was Miller Moss throwing the same route multiple times to the freshman tight end. And that's it. He was the Devo of, of college football quarterbacks. He had one hit and that's all he did. And it, it was, it didn't matter. Like USC blew the doors off. A couple things that I learned from this. First of all, the th- the thing we already knew is like, you know, let's put that on steroids, which is Stanford's secondary is really, really bad. awful. Like <clears throat> they Caleb, like USC could have scored 100 points in this game like that, like legitimately could have done that if they really wanted to, if they kept Williams in. like that was how bad the second these these wide receivers were open consistently. The second thing that that jumped out for me was, man, that offensive line is, is rough for for Stanford. Um, they could not run the ball. Um, they had four possibly multi, even more than that false start penalties. Um, and, and they just could not protect anybody. I mean, this was a mess. Now, Austin Jones was out in like the first quarter. Well, I don't know, maybe because the offensive line sucked. Um, so they tried three different quarterbacks in this game, basically. And it did. It just didn't matter. They couldn't move the football and it was, it was pretty rough. Did, did you catch any of this? I like I, I was, caught some of I it. Was, like I caught some of like the, in particular, like the like Caleb Williams was having himself like a highlight real day. You know, like just yeah. making stupid throws um, in this game. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was 
near total domination in this game. I mean, but it was one of those ones too, where like Stanford's defense is, is clearly so bad that as soon as it got out of hand, like the, the pressure just flipped over and there's no way Stanford was going to be able to keep up. Like as soon as it was clear that USC was going to score nearly every time they had the football, it was over. Right. Like that. Yeah. And then there was no way Stanford could, could, could even attempt to, to follow along and keep up. And like they, that was it. They were a broken man. Yeah. Like by the, the second half of the, the second quarter, they were just broken mental, like and broken Matt Hardy. Do basically. not kick to Zachariah branch. I don't, I don't understand. Like kick it out of bounds. I don't know what people were, what that was. Like what were you? they, they were down 39 in the first half. On the on the USC 40, uh, 49, or therefore it was a, on the forty nine yard line, um, down thirty nine, and they had a, they, it was like third and t- fourth and two, and they kicked the ball. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, why? I mean, you have nothing to lose. You might. I mean, they just. I was like, David Shaw. Did David Shaw like do you know? You know, in beer pong, you have like a guest appearance. And the guy shoots the ball once and then he leaves. That that was like David Shaw making his his call. Um, I I think that the only other thing we don't have to. I think USC fans will want us to talk about the defense. Um, good, good job. Congrats on Guys. shutting down a yeah. very bad Stanford offense. I refuse. Yeah. This is like playing an FCS team. I ref, like if you would like an orange slice after. Yeah. <laughs> congratulations. Yeah. Oh, and they were all in on this broadcast. There was multiple Alex Grinch. He's pumping fists. They stopped Stanford at the two yard line. Well, they stopped it because there was a false start penalty, and then they were back at the seven. And he's he's pumped, and they got people got <coughs> rallied up, and everybody's cheering on the sideline. Like, you look. I'm sure the defense is a little better, but y'all need to real really prove that. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I just let, let's calm down there. And then the last, sorry, the last thing because this was a total blowout. Um, the difference between now, USC didn't have a lot to play for, too, but the difference between Caleb Williams as the quarterback for USC, between him and Miller Moss as quarterback, and look, they pulled a lot of the ones, but man, that is a wide, wide gap. I'm curious to see what USC looks like next year with, a, with another quarterback. It'll be good. It's, but, it's Malachi Nelson. That's the kid, right? Like, I mean, he is, yeah, yeah I mean, like, I'm, su- I'm surprised he's not getting reps, to be honest. Like, I don't know why they're giving Miller Moss reps. Unless that, like, they they really need Nelson to, like, have the have the offense more down before they, you know, like, hand the keys over to him as the backup. But, like, USC's not, I mean, like, they've got a week off, and then they've got Arizona State, and then they get Colorado. Come on down. <laughs> like, Colorado's yeah. going to tell, like, that's the game where, again, we're going to find out about, like, all right, where USC's defense really is. Yep. Stanford has Sacramento State. Um, I don't think that they were as bad as because again, like you meant, they just totally collapsed yeah, yeah. on themselves. Like they're not this bad, but the secondary is like, and, and look, I, I mean that, that is a stacked wide receiving core, but guess what has stacked wide receiving cores all up and down the Nearly conference, everyone. the pac yeah. 12. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. Um, let's, let's talk wazoo. Another big win, man. Not, like this so, one was like real. This one was not like last year we were there and it was like it just sort of felt like held together by like dreams and like, you know, like uh packaging, like pa- packaging tape. <laughs> like this one was was quite real. Cam Ward, uh, you know, 20 for 32, 212, um, got it done on the ground, 43 yards rushing. Uh, Lincoln Victor, maybe he's good. I don't know. We'll have to see. This is the second game in yeah. a row where like Lincoln Victor like had a touchdown and was able to get a lot of reception. So look, I could be wrong on him. Ten receivers caught a pass. He was slinging it all over the place. Yeah. And um, 
I mean, the defense. I mean, they a were. Couple I mean, we should also here. call out like Washington State was plus three on turnovers too. Um, so it was. I mean, it was real ish. You know, like they. But the, like the fact that they were like, I think Wisconsin's going to be a decent team this year. Um, the fact that they were able to hold Wisconsin's rushing largely in check and like force them to throw the yeah. ball like that was amazing because like Wisconsin like long like we talked about in the preview like Longo does actually really like to run the football and has a pretty good run scheme and like the fact that they were able to largely shut down Wisconsin's run game was impressive yeah that was a big deal and now a couple things to flag four sacks nine tackles for a loss given up um but really like I mean Washington State there were there were multiple times last year where I'm like, I ah, mean, like that was big addition by subtraction. Yeah. When you take a look at who left, right, the offensive coordinator and where he is now, where they just got rolled and smoked by Cal, yeah. um, who like couldn't score ten, you know, ten points or thirteen points against uh, Auburn. I mean, this is a better team. This is a better team on the offensive side, and and they have a good defensive coordinator that is their head coach <laughs> that happens to be their yeah, head yeah. coach. So. This is another like another team that we thought would be at the bottom half of the Pac-12 that is quite good, and that that's pretty interesting. I, I think this um, is a defense first team still, though, right? Like I think the defense is good. Yeah. Um, I think the offense has improved. I'm not sure how much. That's the big question. Now, look, like I mean, I think I think Mike Tressel and uh, Luke Fickle are smart defensive minds and Wisconsin is going to have a pretty good defense, you know, compared to what, even what they might see in the pac 12 this season. Um, but this was not like a, like a, this wasn't like cam Ward's like coming out party, right? Like he had a decent game, right? Like they couldn't run the ball at all. Um, and so it was really on Ward to be able to make it work. Um, but the defense, I mean, I thought the defense really was quite good in this game. And that I think is like one of my big takeaways. Cause like, there's not that many teams that have good defenses in the league and Washington state's defense might be enough to keep them in some games, especially cause like man, there's some really bad defenses in this league that are going to let Washington state put up a bunch of points. <laughs> yeah. They're going to go in. I mean, they have Northern Colorado, so we don't need to cover that, but they're going to go into conference play three. Yeah. No, um, and and they're going to make a bowl and they're going to be pretty solid. I'm I'm excited to see Wazoo and and look they they got a chip on their <laughs> shoulder right like after after this game you have the head coach like Dicker come out and say like we belong in a Power Five conference this is ridiculous like and they do like they they have been consistently better than most of the teams that have moved on <laughs> to Power Five conferences yeah, so totally understand. By the way, um, Stanford plays Sacramento State. They could lose that game. I should just mention that. It's the awkward bowl. So you have um, the head coach jumping from the team that he's going to play to Stanford. So um, just I there's no line on that. But when it comes out, I want to take a look and see what it is because I think it'll be interesting. Um, a few more games to, to cover here, Rob. So let's talk UCLA 35, San Diego State 10. Um we we basically said how many how many points is San Diego State going to score in this um, in this game and the answer was uh, none not not none points now, I mean they scored ten yeah. but you know um, look it's not a great offense but I mean is UCLA's defense better I think they I think they're better I think they can get after you yeah. you know I think the front seven's not bad um, I think the secondary is still bad. <laughs> San Diego State's not gonna you're not gonna find that I mean San Diego State's not gonna exploit that. Um, you know, for sure. Uh, but I, th- I mean, like this, I mean, the story of the game was one, like, man, they were, they ran the ball down San Diego state's throat. Um, 
which I wasn't quite expecting. I mean, San Diego State's had a pretty good defense for a couple of years now. And like that, uh, that I think was really impressive by UCLA. And of course, like the Dante Moore coming out party. Yeah. So I mean, keep a look at that. I'm curious to see how, how Moore continues. So he had three touchdowns. He was 17 for 27, 10, 10 and a half, a little bit more than that per pass, which is great. Logan Loya, uh, Loya is uh is starting to emerge and i think he's the freshman so seven to 77 he had a touchdown 11 players got a reception in those games so he was slinging it around too in addition to rushing so um look i think the thing to keep in mind is they played right chip kelly doesn't care about non-conference games they dropped 35 on a really good uh offense and they they gave everybody who wanted the ball got the ball so that is really good news if you're a ucla fan moving forward um they play north, north carolina uh, and yeah, oh, it's another fcs team like i, I think North Carolina Central. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can move on. Um, but but the real like I think this was a really good second game for UCLA. It kind of shows their, and I think they will continue to mature and also go into conference play at three and zero. Moving on here, Rob. In fact, let's take a quick break. We have a few more games to get to, and we'll get to them right after this. All right, we're back. God talk Utah. Speaking of games that uh, teams pulled out of their hats, Utah twenty, <laughs> Baylor thirteen. Um, it's so funny. I'm, I'm watching these games with my son and, uh, as I was recording, I'm like, I'll put on a game for you so I can record. And he said, can I put on a a Baylor versus Utah? That was a good game. Like, sure. There was was football played. Uh, Uh, you nailed this at the beginning. Why on earth? They like, look, Bryson Barnes played the game of his life against Florida. And that the game of his life was like, one touchdown, one pick, and like 200 yards. And they tried to ride that train into Baylor, and that didn't work out very well. Um, we saw some Wildcat here with uh, Jaquindon Jackson. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Nate Johnson. Right, you're right. Right when they turned to the the rushing game, they, they started to pull away from this. Yeah, I mean, like Utah, I mean, look, Baylor, Baylor helped them out, too. I mean, like Baylor, Baylor, you know, had the had two turnovers. Utah only had the one. Um you know, and, and I mean, Baylor really at the end of the game, like helped Utah stay in it. <laughs> it was, it was pretty ugly. Like they needed that last pick um, for sure. But the, I, what I really liked was, was, you know, the emergence of Nate Johnson. And I think everyone, uh, you know, like it was, it was not working with Barnes 3.7 per attempt. Um, the running game wasn't bad with him in there, but like having Nate Johnson in there, not, I mean, it opens up the running game. It opens up the passing game. It made Baylor have to focus on somebody else. Um, and frankly, like, let's be honest. I mean, like, I think the Barnes thing is, is it's kind of a tell. Like, if you don't have a quarterback that's also a little bit of a problem running, this offense may not work. Like, they don't actually have a lot of weapons. That was one of the main takeaways yeah. is like Baylor was able to largely like Baylor's got a decent defense. Aranda's got a good scheme. He's a smart guy. Ron Roberts is his defensive coordinator. He's another good to, you know, defensive mind. Um, but it's, it's not pretty like the wide receivers were largely absent from this game. I mean, money parks had like some late, ca- like a late catch that, you know, that sort of mattered, but, um, it, they, they really need somebody in there. Like, I mean, and rising is a, rising is a run threat and he's tough as nails. And he, I think he is a better, he's a better quarterback. He's a better thrower than Barnes as well. But, I like, I mean, they need, they need rising back fast. Johnson's going to be a, Johnson's going to be an upgrade. He's going to open things up for him. But, uh, I think fundamentally they lack weapons. That's, that's, that's what sort of worries me about this Utah team going down the stretch is like, I, 
I I I think like they're like I think their margin for error, like and their margins like they took an injury, is 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 really tight for this offense. And I, I like I know last year they dealt with a ton of injuries and they were still really successful. Um, but I I I think people are I think people can shut these shut this team down. Not maybe not Pac-12 teams, but <laughs> but like this is this is like I mean we talk about like I mean like last year Utah like faced some of the I mean like Utah got to run through some of the worst defenses in the Pac-12. And we do expect them all to improve a little bit. Um that's that's sort of my concern like this takeaway from this Baylor game I was like when I was watching I was like this is this offense is really bad. I think the thing to keep in mind I I, I agree that there are some pieces here. I do think that Devon Vele is pretty good. Um, I don't know how long Keithy's going to be out, right? Like, cause he was supposed to be the yeah. replacement. That's, I don't think the other tight ends uh, behind him are, are good. Um, so that's, that's interesting. The, the thing, a couple things that stood out for me, the first, I mean, that's, a, I mean, that's a real problem too, is like they relied on tight ends, right? Like you have to have the tight ends. They're going to help get other guys open and they're, that's not there. Like they have, I mean, like, look, it can all change. You get Keithy back and rising back and everything's fine, but without it it's ugly yeah I mean, you need you i mean it's all it's almost like that it's almost like you you need a complete like you need somebody with some wheels to like really throw a wrinkle in this oh absolutely i think i think that's totally the case the the couple interesting things for me um they let nate johnson throw a little bit uh, in, in yeah. key moments which i thought was thank god right because everybody was thinking all right nate johnson's gonna <laughs> run the ball and like he was able to move it just enough to get to get them over the hump i liked that i like the use of jackson uh, look, Baylor's a tough place to play and is a good defensive yeah. coordinator. And like that was a tra- like I thought the three for Nebraska was the trap. This was the trap where um, I just thought that Utah was going to be able to run the ball better on the road. And they I mean, they did, but they didn't at the same time. Right. Like yeah. they did once they had to change the scheme, which good for them for doing. And that's why they win games. But. I was not impressed with the running game um, as, as much as I thought it was going to be in this in this matchup. No, no. I mean, it, well, there was no threat of a passing game. I mean, that was part of it. Yeah, and I thought they, I thought they did a really good job. Now Baylor doesn't have a great offense, but I thought they did a really good. I mean, like Utah showed up and did what they had to do on defense. Like they shut them down. Um, they had a. I mean, Sawyer Robertson is not, not a good quarterback, and Utah made him look like he was not a good quarterback. Um, I mean, I, what I'm interested to see, like, was when we get to. And it's, you know, we're not going to see with Utah for a little bit um, is when do we get to see them, you know, and see where this pass defense is this season. Right. Um, And we're not, I mean, UCLA is not going to do it. I mean, it's not going to be maybe until that game against USC that they really get tested against somebody. But uh, I mean, Dante Moore is good enough to sling it around. You know, the, like I, that, that you see that UCLA game is all of a sudden looking really fun on the calendar. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Utah plays Weber State, you know, rest up, get ready for Weber State's not a bad FCS team. So um, if this one was stupid for a while, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh. Now Utah's going to win it. But like this game could be stupid in the first half. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, that would be. Can you imagine it's like 14 seven and you're like, oh, let's let's get into Salt Lake City where the youth. Oh, Lord almighty. <laughs> well, I mean, like I'm trying to remember. It was like a couple seasons ago. They were playing Weber State and like Weber State went into half like tied or something like that. It was like this hideous game. Like, oh, it was like a Thursday opening night college football yeah. week one. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. It was one. like it was like week one. It was dumb. <laughs> um, let's talk Washington. Washington 43, Tulsa 10. Um, 
I thought it was too many points, and it was too many points. Um, and they and Tulsa only needed to score ten. I mean, that that's how big the spread was on this one. Uh, Penix, it, you know, whatever, four hundred nine. I mean, in, in the best way possible, like that. It, All the yards, the ultimate compliment. Be like, yeah, whatever. Four hundred yards, three touchdowns, whatever. Um, again, you almost had the trifecta of a hundred yard uh, wide receivers. So uh, Polk was the weak link, Rob, with with eight only eighty one yards receiving in this game. <laughs> <laughs> McMillan and Oduze ended up. The temerity. Yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> didn't run the ball very much again. I mean, I, they don't have to, but I just, you know, we're we're looking at some of the when you get into a tougher conference uh, play, maybe you might need to do that. Um, probably not because yeah. their offense is so good. Defense gave up 168 yards rushing. Not great. Um, they kept the passing plays to a minimum. I mean. They did what they needed to do. Like this game was over when it started, and and Washington continues to roll. I think they're going to be really good again. Like now yeah. they have Michigan State coming up, Rob, with which has like some issues. Mel Tucker was on the road with a coach to be determined, I guess. Mel Tucker out um, without pay for some sexual assault uh, allegations. So there's not a line on this right now. I don't know. Oh, um, I'll tell you what it opened at because they did have an opening line because that like uh, from Circa. Um, but I, I, I'm not sure. Like if they pulled the line, like I totally understand it's, uh, uh, it opened at 13, which is right where Bader rank has it. Um, I don't know. I mean, like they pull it for a reason. Cause like, you kind of don't know how Michigan state's going to react to this. Are they going to, I mean, like not that you want, like, I mean, Mel Tucker was sexually harassing rape survivor and advocate Brenda Tracy. So like not much to root for around your whole coach there. Start to rally around. Uh, like, um, and like, I don't even think he disputes many of the facts of it. It's just like, I just, it's anyway, um, the, uh, but it's still hard to tell how Michigan state's going to react. Cause like this could go either way. Like they could show up and like want to show that like, you know, that they can still play and, you know, um, win one for their teammates or something like that. And like, you know, they could do something crazy. I mean, I'd be surprised. The one thing to, I mean, I would say to keep an eye on, cause like I do expect Washington to, to fully win this game unless they turn the ball over three times. Um, it's just to keep like, you'd like to see Wash like Michigan state does not have a good offense. We've talked, I don't, we bet we did. I didn't love the offensive coordinator hire. It's the same one that he had back at Colorado. Um, you want to see Washington's uh, defense actually kind of shut him down. Like Michigan state drove the ball a bit in the game last year. And then like, wasn't able to capitalize and like finish drives. Um, Washington, you kind of like to see their defense actually like shut him down a little bit in this game. Yeah. I think the other thing to keep in mind was Washington or sorry, Michigan state secondary, as you recall last year was hot garbage in the beginning but they were riddled with injuries. So they got better as the, yeah. the second half rolled along. I still don't think the secondary is great, but I think that they were able to step on the gas a little bit more and not embarrass themselves. So it, you know, I'm just, I'm curious how many points they're able to throw on and, and you know, how many points are we going to get through the air for Washington? Uh, this is a tough game to like, just think through. So I don't, I don't like, I'm not going to make a pick on this. Cause I don't, I mean, if it was 13, I'd probably take the 13, but like, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty fair. I mean, like Michigan state, um, you know, thus far this season, <laughs> just bonkers. Um, I mean, they've, they haven't played 
anybody up to this point. They played Central Michigan and Richmond and beat both pretty badly, but both of the, I mean, Richmond's an FCS team, but Central Michigan's not terribly good. Um, you know, like I, I, I mean, again, like Washington's offense should be able to put up a lot of points in this game. I think Michigan State has a really good defensive coordinator in Scotty Hazleton, but like I don't think it's necessarily working with the personnel that they have right now. Um, I liked like the the main takeaway for me here is like I really need to see Washington's defense actually like step in and shut them down because Michigan State is pretty hapless on offense. Yeah, good call there. Um, was it Cal ten, Auburn fourteen, or whatever the heck that score was? <laughs> Um, again, like on that game, it was just a lot of like Sam Jackson, uh, you know, founding father, Sam, Samuel, Samuel Jackson, uh, they were able to run the ball. Like Jade not got, got some time. Jackson was able to move it enough, but they could not, they could just could not close. And we had picks in the red zone and it just, yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think we'll see, we'll take a look they play Idaho. So what are you going to do? Um, but I think that you're going to end up with a, yeah, Northern Texas is really, really bad. And those 51 yes. yards were, yeah, good luck with that again. Um, but I am curious to see how Jackson is able to move the ball against some weaker defense. Like, you know, if he racks up a ton of yards on the ground against Idaho, okay, like, I'm not going to get, like, no orange slices again, but I'm going to at least, I will, I will look at that to see what we're able to do on the ground. Uh, particularly on his front because he had some good throws. Like there was a couple of times like, Oh wow, that was a good throw. And then there was a lot of throws. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's why they were really panicked about it. <laughs> so it just, no, I mean, this is like, I mean like this is why he transferred from TCU, right? Like this is very much who he was at TCU. Like this game, he was, he was awful in this game in large parts, right? Like 14 of 27, 4.7 per with two picks. Like that's a, I mean, even with some decent throws thrown in there, that's a brutal stat line, um, you know, in there. And like, I was fine. I mean, I, lo- I mean, I don't think he had a lot of help. And like Auburn certainly knew what they had to cover. And, you know, like he had some good runs mixed in there. But, um, you know, like I, I think the, I, I think this game was the like the rumors of like Cal's big turnaround, like hit a wall on this one, right? Like I, I think Cal's better than they were last season, and I think that there's interesting, and I think that they definitely could continue to improve over the season, and I think that's going to be fun to watch. Um, but this was ugly. I mean, Auburn's going to be bad this year. Like Auburn's, like we should, you should fully expect Auburn to get housed a couple times in SEC play. And then, you know, when I said Jade not got hit, I mean, like he hit 78 yards on 20 carries. It wasn't like um, I saw a lot of him, but I didn't see. A, there were some highlight runs. Where people were like, yeah. Jade not. Yeah. I mean, and like, I mean, like I had this game with the sound off because Brock, Brock Osweiler is like my least favorite color guy. <laughs> like, like he's six seven rob you know that right does he tell you that like right that was that was the stat they mentioned it all they mentioned it all the time i mean i'm like i'm tall i don't tell everyone my height all the time when people ask a lot but like i don't gotta go around telling everybody um yeah i mean you remember like you remember when he was at arizona state they had him listed at like six eight or something like that like because they always juice people's height on on the roster seven feet tall they measured him in cleats um but I mean, like Auburn's offense. I mean, like I think that one of the things, and and I'm I'm still interested to see because, like, look, Cal's defense last season took a step back, 
Um, and they've kind of been trending in the wrong direction. Now they stay, I mean, I should say they stabilized a little bit, but they haven't been great. And Auburn's offense is really, I mean, like Peyton Thorne and Rob, I mean, former Oregon, Robbie Ashford got in some playing time. Like I, that's the part where it's like, I, I still feel like I need to see a little bit of like, I mean, I feel like I got a little bit of an idea about Cal's offense in this game in an unfortunate way. Um, the positive, if you're a Cal fan, is like, hey, the defense showed up, shut down an SEC offense. Hugh Freeze is a pretty good play caller, yeah. um, but I don't think I don't think that this is like the most talented Auburn team, and I think I think they're really thin, and I think their quarterbacks are really bad, um, and that I think is gonna like that part. I think like now, look, Auburn can evolve over the season. You know, but like I, you know, and, and we'll get to it. We'll get an idea with this Cal team, right? Like where this defense is. But that's my main takeaway out of this one is like, no, oh man, I think the offense is like the offense is going to have some good games against some really bad defenses in the Pac-12. But I don't think that they're I don't think they're going to keep up with anybody. One saving. Um, yeah. One saving grace here is I there was a world, I think, where Auburn just runs it down Cal's throat and they get 200 oh, yeah. yards in the offensive yeah. line. Like it wasn't it's not like Auburn hasn't been recruiting. I mean, it, it fell off with Harson, but they still have been yeah. getting, they only had 136. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I would give them, I would give like, you know, if you're, if we're doing the debits and credits, right. The credit, I think credit yeah. does go for the defense to, to hold that. I wasn't, I, I didn't think they were going to throw the ball at all, but like rushing the ball, I thought that was pretty impressive what they were able to do there. Yeah. I mean, this game was so dumb. It had like seven turnovers. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, part of why people are like we're marching up and down the field but there are very few points being scored the cheese it ball all over again um all right last last game here um oregon state is a 20 and a half point favorite at home against san diego state for the first time <sighs> in years rob san diego state will not have a chance to be the pac-12 champion uh this year so they're just everybody just schedule byu this year too get, get yeah <laughs> they're just dishing out the l's uh, Oregon State just beat the tar out of an FCS team. We've seen them play one game against San Diego State. Um, San Jose State. Would I say San Diego State? Yeah. Oh. I mean, close. Yeah, close. Enough. Um, <laughs> different thing. Um, I don't want to take all favorites, right? Like, but I think I don't think San Diego State's defense is good. Or offense. I'm sorry. I don't think San Diego State's offense is good. My apologies. I saw your facial expression no, no. when I said that. No, no, but I'm, I'm with you. I think like the idea of their matchup against Oregon State's defense sounds horrible. Yeah. And I think DJU is going to do enough to, I mean, I think they score 30. I mean, is this offense as good as UCLA's offense with a freshman quarterback? I think so. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That feels fair. San Diego State. I mean, that's. Their offense was, I mean, their offense was so bad. It's Brady Hoke. I mean, like, like it's so weird because I think there's some teams we know who they are and we know who San Diego State is. Like, I know who I know who Arizona is. I know who USC is. I know who San Diego State is. <laughs> we keep right. saying, it's the same team every year. Um, I'm going to take the Beavs. I, you know, that's a lot of points, but I think they're going to be able to run the, that's the one thing. Are they going to be able to run the ball? Yeah. Yeah, you see, I mean, like UCLA just ran the ball on them. Oregon State with Jim Mahalchek is going to run the ball on these guys. And DJU is going to hit his like seven yard grinders. And I think San Diego State scores three points. The other thing to keep in mind on on these games um, is uh, uh, Childs, the backup quarterback, 
that guy balls. <laughs> and when he comes in, when he comes in, like they score. And so just keep that in mind when, when and it, the, the second half lines, or if you're betting live, like Childs comes in, it, it ain't over, man. Like that guy wants, that guy wants to be like, you know what? I understand that this, this, this a-hole in front of me is, is the starting quarterback, but I, I know what to do. <laughs> right. So just, just keep that he in is, mind. This, with is his, this is his moment to shine, right? Like he is, he is, the, he's the guy and he's like, I'm, this is going to be my job one day and everyone is going to know it now. Yep. Yep. Like, if Gold Branson comes in, like he lights a couch on fire. That that's the type of attitude I think he has, and I like it. I like it a lot. I dig so. that. I dig that. Yeah, I mean, I th- I just think this is a bad. Th- I mean, look, like maybe San Diego State like bows up after getting waxed and embarrassed by UCLA, um, particularly because I think they have a lot of pride in that defense, and they got they they got run on by UCLA. Um, but I I think the bees are going to run the ball down their throat. Like if you see like, not, and I, like, again, like I think these are the two best run schemes in the conference and then two of the better offensive line coaching jobs in the conference. I, I like the bees to be able to do it. They, they're always good on the offensive line with Mahal check. The run and shoot offense against Oregon's defense. I'm just rethinking that pick. Yeah, that is for another time. We've been recording for an hour and a half. You're <laughs> rethinking. My you're, wait, the run and shoot. Who's the, who's Oregon playing again? Uh, Hawaii. Oh, they're rocking the run and shoot. The run and shoot. Oh, I know. I don't know that game. I mean, that game. So I'm, I'm taking Hawaii in that game because I just think it's a lot. I think it's so many points and they're going to be like, Nope, Colorado's coming in. Game day is going to be here. We're not doing this. Oh, pack it in. Yeah. Dang. Okay. That's my only, that's my only thought on it is just like, it feels like a lot of points to hit. It's going to be one of those ones where like, there's going to be a lot of people with money on, I feel, it feels that like it could not, it might not be, but it feels like one of those ones where there's going to be a lot of people on with money on Oregon, like just praying that Ty Thompson, like just gets greedy. Like, I just don't want to be there. All right. All right. I'm going with Hawaii. I can't, I can't in good conscience. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna be the USC game all over again. What am I doing? I just watched this game. I watched this game like two hours ago. <laughs> Whatever. Because well, you want, you don't want. I mean, it's weird because like Ty Thompson was like the five-star all-world recruit that they nailed. But if you're like needing USC, like you want Malachi Nelson coming in to be like have his like hello world moment, right? You like, yeah. Um, that's what you needed against Stanford, not Miller Moss. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, now to be fair, that Stanford did not cover and USC covered that game, but um, I got you. Okay. All right. We're done. That's it for for this week. It's it, I, we're going to get to conference play. It's going to be a lot lighter show. Thank God, and we're, we're excited about there. it. I mean, like yeah. almost they, there. Oh, thanks for bearing with us. We're we're working our way through. We I I got half these teams down now, so I'm pretty excited to see what what, what one more data point is for each of them. Um, Twelve pack radio, sharp college football. Rob's doing the Saturday six, and uh, he's probably. Probably all FCS games. Oh my god, it's this brutal week. this week. I was like, I think I have, I have, I have Tennessee, Florida, and I'm like, this isn't gonna be a great game. I mean, Vegas has it fairly close. Beta Rank has it fairly close, but I think that's mostly Florida projection. Although, oh man, like Joe Milton has not been great so far in the hypel offense. He's got an arm rom. He's gonna throw it right at your throw head through me. Like he could <laughs> so- throw. He could like they'd just be like, I'd be like a cartoon. There'd be like a hole and. <laughs> All right, everybody, we will talk to you next week for conference season.